Dr. Chug and Dr. Malhotra. Dr. Chug, I have this question for you. I've already asked Dr. Malhotra this question when we had the last discussion. The question is, sir, are we, and I don't mean the hospital you are representing, private, public, all the hospitals, are we prepared really to take an onslaught of the third wave as far as children are concerned? Because I'm quoting reports that our hospitals are not very well prepared for the infrastructure if there are a sizable number of critical patients, children who get critical due to COVID. We are very much dependent uh, on a belief of their immunity. And that's what's adding to this anxiety, which Mr. Vora is just representing today. Yes, it is uh, true that uh, our hospitals are not absolutely fully geared or prepared. But remember this talk about third wave is going on for the last three months or so. So all hospitals, whether it's in the government sector or it's in the private sector or the very small ones, the very large ones, each one of them, each one of them is having drills and drills, weekly basis as to what we would do, how we are going to plan and everything has been kind of planned. We know that if suppose 100 patients come, this is what we'll do. If 200 comes, this is what we'll do. If 500 comes, if 1,000 comes per week or per month. So we are all prepared for that. And yet the numbers that we have in this country, the population that we have, and the hospital bed ratio to the population ratio of children also, we know is not at all in our favor. So if a big, big wave of the worse than the second wave comes, yes, we'll be in a problem. But that is not what is expected. Wow. That's not expected, right? And Dr. Manohotra, taking this point forward, a lot of children have also developed antibodies. There's so many children yeah. who did catch COVID in the last phase. So there is a sizable number. Dr. Bajar had spoken of zero survey, but when we speak of antibodies in children, even that's pretty high. And that's why the confidence uh, in the panel today, isn't it, ma'am? Yeah, definitely, definitely. The the zero positivity rate has been there in children, and we should, I think, what we can do is we can we should, I think, emphasize that all children who are going to school should take the influenza vaccine. There is some uh, cross reactivity, and there's it provides additional protection. So till we are able to vaccinate them for against COVID, we should at least give them the influenza shot. The seasonal influenza shot is out, so that it is. This is the time when they should be taking it. So that should be encouraged. It's an optional vaccine, which we normally don't recommend to all healthy children. But in the present context, I think all children who are going to school should take the influenza vaccine. And also, that as you said, if you know suppressed patients, any uh, child who's going through chemo can choose to stay yes, at home. Yes. Those, those ones should restrict to the online classes. That would be better. Till they get the vaccine, that would be, that would be I think, prudent. Amrita Das, you heard both points, you know, parents' yes. anxiety. Yes, it's more focused on urban, but, um, you know, unfortunately, that's really the medium which we work with, the language which we are speaking in, our approach also, unfortunately, a little limited to urban. But yes, I totally agree with the point that there are many who don't have access to digital devices. But really, when you speak of urban parents, you heard their anxieties. You heard, yes. of course, the doctor's point of yes. view as well. As someone who is counseling, as a career counselor, what would you tell parents of students, you know, uh, you know, whose children are in class 11 or 12, what would you tell them to alleviate their anxiety, ma'am? So what I'd like to say is there is a digital divide even in urban areas. And I would therefore like to endorse what Dr. Bajaj said, which I said right at the very outset. Yeah. Secondly, it's important for parents to make informed decisions and discussions like these where they hear the medical point of view also is very useful because we have just been fed on anxieties of all the drastic impact that could happen if kids go to school. But I again go on record to say that where COVID protocols have been followed, where 
uh, you have the SOPs in place. Schools are the safest places today. They've created a bubble, a safe bubble. Kids are in any way moving out where every public convenience has been open. So why not the school? It is such an essential place for children. So getting kids on alternate days with parents' permission is very essential. Now I can tell you that when the schools opened in Maharashtra, in Uttarakhand, in Himachal Pradesh, in Uttar Pradesh, I've been in touch with them. I've been having webinars on various issues. Initially, there was about 50% attendance. It went up to 60. And for the senior students, it's 80%. Why? Because the board exams this year will not be held online unless there's something unforeseen and the school shut down. So there will be OMR sheets. The students have to be in school to prepare for projects and to do the practicals. So that's the reality today. So senior students have to be in school unless mm -hmm. there is some unforeseen situation Point and we have to shut down. So we have to be agile. Dynamic. Yes, be dynamic. Developing. Dr. Singhal, I'll let you in the conversation, but I want to just ask the parent representative, uh, representative here. Convinced, uh, Mr. Vora, would you say the parents associated with uh, or who are working with your association, would they... Um, you know, be, would they get convinced by and, these? Uh, uh, knowing the school lobby very well, uh, the parents are not very sure. We agree that the parents are going to malls, to different places, to Manali everywhere. But the children are under parent supervision. When you leave the children on school, it's as per the law, it's schools like, you know, responsibility to look after the children. Whether the schools would follow all the SOPs properly or not, who will take care of that? Parents are skeptical of that point, first of that. When we go out, we see to it that our, our kids are wearing masks. We are what they're interacting. When I leave, uh, we, we are sending our you know children to school for four hours or three hours or alternate days. Well, one question for you: When you you have to someday let your children out of the house, yeah, that's, that's right, out that's of right. sight, right? How long can you keep them locked in, or that's, how long can you keep this twenty four seven vigilance on the, on them? No, that that's right. I agree with you. What I'm saying is. Had this hype of third way not been created, I think most of the parents would have been ready to send their children. But the third way, someone is saying third way will come in uh, October. This is being told by Dr. Fidelity also, with due respect to all the health uh, uh, sector here. So this third way is a very big issue. What has created my mind of very well educated. I'm a BMP guy myself. I don't see any logic behind the third way. But in every person's mind, the third way point has come. But uh, to some extent, I agree with you also, we have to send the children and we must even, I would be sending my, my child who's in 11th for the practical exam, there's no option of online exam for science exam. My daughter, she's dropped uh, her school, she's come uh, second in DPS school. So I'll be sending for the offline exam, uh, which is mandatory. But I would first like to wait and watch for, uh, let's say, a period of 10 or 15 days. After that, I would like to send my child. Yeah, I, I feel the schools are being extremely responsible. They are no, micromanaging no, no, no. the situation. They are they are being very, very particular, very careful. And I again okay. say, as parents, please be engaged with the school. Yeah. Please go and see the How do you know that schools are being uh, following okay, that? You, you, I, have, I have, I'm on the border. Right, I have, um, and I, I am again saying, parents, 
and people from parents association please be closely associated with the school help them and see for yourself the okay, arrangement maybe, uh, maybe maybe a constructive way forward instead of a debate would be that maybe students uh, or the school should work closely with the parents association take their feedback yes. if bring yes. them maybe to the schools let them inspect and if they don't exactly. feel satisfied then make the changes they are requesting dr singhal dr sharma exactly. uh, let me let Absolutely. me go ahead let, let me include them also in the conversation and hear their point of view as well ma'am go ahead dr uh, uh, um, dr dr first yeah i i do hear uh, mr bora talk and uh, i mean this this sort of reflects a bit something that we know we call as uh, helicopter parenting you know where we want to protect our children and it does come from very legitimate place of uh, parenting but at, like everyone's been talking about that at some point we do need to let our children venture out some point we need to use this as an opportunity to develop resilience in our children and uh, i know a lot of people have talked about the digital divide and how it's very urban focused but even among the urban uh, strata there are a lot of children with special needs children with specific learning disabilities children with autism children with adhd these are people ma'am your audio ma'am your audio has been muted by mistake education these are people yeah. who do need specific help they need special educators they need special counselors for their all round development and this is people with special needs that we're talking about adolescents right now are in a stage where their brain is undergoing dynamic changes of synaptic formation and synaptic pruning and this is an important time for intervention where we need to intervene provide them the adequate environment for social and uh, emotional development for their children moving forward i feel that instead of being very problem oriented we can also be very solution oriented which again i would like to bring back the point about having open and honest dialogues between all the stakeholders having an honest dialogue between the parents and the school and the school administration and the children as well i think in all of this we've been addressing parental anxiety for so long i think we've forgotten about the people who are the most at center stage here which is the kids the children if parents have so much anxieties it's very very natural for children to be very very anxious and be overwhelmed yeah, with the so, yes i have a follow up uh, you know observation it's not a question in dr sharma i'm sure that will also help alleviate some anxiety justified anxiety of parents that you know it's not really young children who are going to schools i have a 8 month old boy now it's not like when he'll be 2 year old he will be going to school i understand that for a 2 3 year old difficult to make them understand you know the importance of mask but someone who's in class 9 and 10 maybe with a constructive dialogue within the home itself and in schools this goal can be achieved isn't it ma'am yeah definitely i i am going to include this thing only as i started with the, that friendly advice so mr vora okay if we you can't trust the school authorities for following the sops but we can trust on your own children right to following sop so if you are having that bond that rapport with your own children then definitely they are going to follow up these things and we should have that trust because you know even before covid you were sending your kids for 7 to 8 hours to the schools and the schools are actually uh, acting out as a second parent for the children and they are more responsible for the whole development psychologically educationally for the everything so yeah. they are playing very important part in their lives so i think that trust should be there that open conversation should be there and more trust on your own child 
you know immunity of children and as uh, we had of course dr malotra also speak about the same on uh, other injections you know uh, the the viral uh, protecting children from viral flu that is more important their basic vaccination is anyway more important than the so called covid vaccination all vaccines are important but the context right now is covid vaccine right so in covid vaccine it is the covid vaccine only which will protect a significant degree flu vaccine other vaccines will give little bit of protection maybe nothing significant proper vaccine given in the proper dosage in the proper interval then only we can assume that our children are reasonably safe now what an initial point that we can do is that there is moderna vaccine the zydus catella vaccine and hopefully soon the covaxin will be allowed for by the regulatory authorities to be used for children once that regulation regulatory authority says yes then my suggestion is all these vaccines we should stop using for adults they are reserved only for children for example if somebody has received covaxin first dose yes give him the second dose of covaxin only but do not give covaxin to any other adult once it is approved for children is that means you have a larger number available for children it is practical sir considering it is practical government is controlling everything one order from the top and it's done there is no question i don't see anything wrong with it but we say 40% percent population we are talking about and for that we have given 65 crore doses and not one to a child so why not when it becomes available for children that let's try to catch up and give more to the children so that they also come to see 65 crore proportion that means almost 35% 50% totally agree very no, i have a counter to this sir yeah. uh, with all due respect to you and dr bajaj coming to the conversation um i i have a counter to this um cuz since you know you own a group of hospitals i'm sure you saw a lot of more complex cases more critical cases in the elderly and the adults 
it's they who are more susceptible to more difficulties developing while they're recovering from covid and would you would you not say in that context maybe the government is right when they are um, giving the first priority first to the elderly then 18 above and at the last children absolutely is understood but what about youngsters they have been young, the, uh, on the and 40s they probably as yes, as uh, I guess your point. Okay, point, point taken. Uh, I would disagree with the. I would disagree with the doctor because uh, in the last wave we saw a lot of mortality in the thirties and forties. So, uh, fortunately, children have been spared of that serious disease till now. And I, I totally agree with Minakshi ji when she says that the current protocol is uh, actually very very correct. uh it has been followed throughout the world not just india we have been giving priority to the adults and i feel that it is uh, it is as per scientific uh, evidence we should always uh, go by evidence based medicine uh, i totally uh, you know empathize with the parents and the pediatricians there who have uh, affinity towards their children i also have very young children who will be going to school tomorrow onwards uh, i was uh, buying uniforms for them today so i totally empathize with you but i feel that going by evidence based practice is uh, our responsibility as uh, torch bearers of science here. i'll i'll tell you that as a parent even <laughs> i am a little in my heart i mean i even though i'm conducting this debate i am a little uh, happy and satisfied that my child is not going to go to school i would share some of the anxieties of dr vora and i'm listening to all the scientific reasoning but somehow you know a mother's heart it's a little difficult so i understand the parents point of view as well but dr malhotra you know we're reaching the fact of the debate and i'm going to take just one point um before we wrap suggestion advice for policy makers for students for parents what would you say ma'am i think it's in the individual's hands i think children our generation children are very smart they are way smarter than when what we were at their age so schools are presently opening from 6th standard onwards 9th mainly and then 6th so i think this age group children are very wise they are they are very aware and these are the children who can be taught to be responsible for themselves each individual if if each individual in society learns to be responsible for themselves and learns responsible behavior it is not a difficult pandemic to control with exactly. or without vaccination absolutely all right dr singhal what would you like to say uh, to parents like dr mr vora and i will give him the last points i'll give i'll give him the last word dr singhal uh, yeah so um again like i said that you know we need to be more solution oriented and i think one of the best precautions and the best measures that we have against covid is to wear masks and how to get our children to wear masks in schools how do they wear masks for 4 to 5 hours at a stretch so again i think uh just to take it for granted in a way that our children will do this and that if we tell them they will obey this we know probably kids will not you know they would want to share their lunch boxes they'll probably be running around and they would take their masks off so at that point i think it's important that a we ask our children if they're comfortable wearing the masks sometimes it's not of the right fit sometimes they don't like the way they look when they wear a mask sometimes they feel very suffocated so i think it's very important to ask them if they're comfortable with their with the mask that they have. have they can be engaged in their mask making process maybe use their favorite color or you know have their favorite cartoons on it um and 
Third thing being, uh, we can use the, these first initial days before the schools completely open up to sort of ease them into wearing masks every day. We can sort of help them get used to the sensation of wearing a mask, how the mask feels on the face, and gradually increase the time and the duration and the frequency with which they wear the mask. We need to give out clear rules to our children and revise them almost every day on a daily basis in the morning before they leave for school so that we can ensure that they're taking the right precautions. Something like, you know, I wear a mask on the class and in the grass. So that's a very simple way of telling the child that they need to wear the mask when they're in the classroom and on the grass when they're in the playground. So okay. these repetitive messages, very unconsciously imagine. Trying to drill it into their subconscious literally and making exactly. sure that they wear a mask all, yeah. all about uh, the blah 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 class nine student above very easy class six and above would you would you agree all the same method would work yes I, same method will work because you know uh, uh, if we see children independently without parent supervision they are best in their version so please trust on them if we are doing proper sensitization they are going to follow all the precaution they are feeling more responsible for their own safety so you don't need to repeat the instruction again and again they are totally because you know uh, from last one and a half year or almost two years we are continuously spreading these messages we are mass censored uh, you know uh, wash your hands these things are already in their mind yeah dr das sorry amita das go ahead so where schools have opened, all that you have spoken about children being responsible, schools being responsible, parents being engaged has made a difference. So okay. let's be pragmatic about it, cautious, pragmatic, and look ahead and bring in all the stakeholders. And I absolutely agree. The schools do care as much as parents for their kids, and the kids are very concerned about ensuring that they are safe and they don't have to be kept back from school again. So they are the most important stakeholders. So let's trust them. And I can tell you wherever the schools have opened, it's been a very successful coming back. All right. So let's uh, Dr. Chug, uh, Dr. Chug let's, let's talk about as you as we end the Kerala model numbers are increasing. Maybe that's also adding to the parents worry and anxiety. Schools had opened there, but protocols were not followed. What would you say about that, sir, in the end? Well, it's not just the schools that led to the increase in numbers in Kerala. There are many, many more reasons and probably the Delta, Delta variant was the main thing. So what I keep saying is it is the virus that is going to decide all these issues if the virus mutates significantly and it penetrates our defense that we have developed because of having suffered or because of the vaccine, then we have had it. But we are not expecting that. The science is predicting that the change in the virus is not going to be a major one. It is yeah, even, minor even, the new, even new variants which have come, yes. if we speak of C1.2 or even the A.1.2, which has been seen in Podi Garhwal and in South Africa, Dr. Bajaj, the new variants and mutations really haven't been that dangerous. So third wave, would you agree not that dangerous? Maybe parents, perhaps would you urge parents to maybe trust school children, have a healthy dialogue, maybe engage with the schools directly and give it a leap of faith? Yes, well said, leap of faith. Yes, Dr. Bajaj. Yes, See, uh, as Dr. Singhal said, predictions are uh, not our job, really. I mean, we, we are not Bajan Daruwala that can make better prediction whether the third wave will be very critical or not critical. But as Dr. Chuk said, we have a graded action plan. See, we have a graded action plan. The governments have brought it out very clearly. Currently, the positivity rate is less than 0.04%. 
we have a graded action plan where it starts from positivity rate of 0.5%. In the last wave, I think the mistake we did was we started out when the positivity rate had crossed 5% already, and then it was too late to rein it in. But now we have learned from the previous waves, the graded action plan kicks in from 0.5%. That's when the lockdowns will start. And I'm sure the governments will close down the schools the first. So Ooh. let us trust the governments, let us trust the protocols. When the positivity rate starts climbing up, we will definitely withdraw and come back. All right. Point taken. Last word to you, Mr. Vora. I'm going to ask you whether you're convinced or not, because many decisions are taken pragmatically. Many words are said, uh, you know, emotionally. But um, as far as the numbers are concerned, as far as, you know, what the psychologists say, uh, you know, what the education is, so eventually you have to send your children. And I have to send my child also to school eventually. What do you think is the right approach if we were to end this program on a positive note, sir? Uh, I would uh, like to say that uh, the parents should uh, take the initiative and uh, like uh, whatever they're in their mind and the school should make it sure that the confidence of the parents are built up. It should not shelved by, you know, some, uh, uh, something should not happen. The unfortunate incident should not happen that the children uh, go to the school, bring the virus home and the grandparents who are suffering with diabetes, they suffer like, so if they can take proper precautions and let us see for 10, 15 days, if all the schools follow the proper SOPs, and I think the, the confidence will be built up automatically because they've been sent, and even the working parents are not happy with them, you know, children sitting at home. So I think it's a wait and watch policy for 10, 15 days if the schools do their job very well. Like one school, Mount Carmel has postponed till October. I think they're preparing themselves very well. So if the schools build up the confidence in parents, I think they would go ahead with the, uh, sending their children. The only thing is we have to see in the next 15 days, how does the school lobby, you know, take this uh, action and how do they uh, follow the SOPs, you know, at the time of uh, when the, the school is over, at, the, at that time where the disposal of the kids, who's looking after the kids are doing social distancing when the parents are coming to pick them up at the time of dispersal in the afternoon. So if everything is being followed properly, I think the parents will fall in line and sell their kids, everyone will send their kids. Absolutely. I'm glad that we at least moving towards a consensus, even though we've not been fully able to convince all the parents. And of course, everyone is a very individualistic decision, as Dr. Malhotra also said, but certainly uh, going by the current cases, going by the current trends, it does look like it is, of course, a healthier uh, a healthier scenario, maybe less risky or open dialogue between schools, parents and teachers is what's required. Ensure that your children wear the mask and perhaps class nine and above children older enough to understand really the meaning, the repercussions and even the precautions they need to follow. Maybe let's take a leap of faith. I leave you with that thought. It's a discussion, a debate, which we will be carrying out through this week. For now, thank you all the doctors and the panelists for joining us on this very riveting discussion. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.